0: okay let's get it going verse 26 nice and slow when he who's he good job paul saul same same had come to jerusalem let's stop there for a bit okay let's not rush we already made these observations together he just got out of damascus life-threatening situation escaped danger we saw that last week right A walk with the Lord is not necessarily a promised walk in the park. It's not all rosy dozy. It's dangerous, but it's worth it. Um, But so he just got out of Damascus, and where does he head to? Jerusalem. Now, why would you think he would go there? What do you think? Led by God, led by... Well, where was he called? He's a chosen instrument. Earlier in chapter 9, to carry the name to Who? Gentiles, nations, and who? And who? Hey, you see that? Sons of Israel. Right? When the Lord Jesus, verse 15, I believe, go, he's chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Jerusalem, that's a hot spot for the children of Israel. It's not going to be any more easier in Jerusalem. It's going to be that much, there's more there. Why I want to bring this up is I just try to weigh in on that. Get, get in the narrative. You just dis- escaped Damascus. Why not go to Arabia? <laughs> That's what I would have done. I just got my life threatened. I got let out of a window out of, in a basket. I'm going to be like, I think I'm going to take another three years in Arabia, man. <laughs> but no. What do we see this man of God do? He presses on to Jerusalem. That's huge, guys. He was a faithful witness. He didn't get delivered from Damascus to run and hide. He presses on. He's going to carry the name to the children of Israel. He knows he's chosen. Briefly, before we move on, those of us who are born again in Christ, remember we're all. This is a great commission. We're all called to carry the name, where you and I are, me as a father with my family, to where I work in this church, to the community I live in, in Pu'unui. This is where we're called. The question is, is are we faithful? Faithful to the very places we go in and out day to day, whatever village town we enter, whatever surf spot we roll up to, whatever basketball court you go to, whatever workplace you're a part of. I know that there's people in the house who, there's, there's college students that are getting ready to up and leave and move to certain areas. Um, there's some families who might be moving around. But wherever the Lord takes us, the question is, are we faithful? Faithful to what? To carry the name. This is what Saul's doing. I just was trying to imagine with this man, like, man, it would have been tempting for me to kind of lay low a bit. Arabia's not too far. Those three years must have been bomb. Let me do another three, but no. He presses on. So just think, wherever you're at right now, wherever you're headed, are you a faithful witness? Lord, help us. Let's keep going. So Saul was a faithful witness, and then it says he came to Jerusalem. Now look at this. He attempted. I like that word. Luke is a doctor, and all scripture is inspired by God, so every word matters. Pirazzo. It's a, I'm going to test this out. I'm going to try and see if this works. I'm going to examine, and I'm going to put effort into this thing. I want to see if this can be done. Now I want us to just imagine that walk to Jerusalem, and what may have been going on in Saul's mind. Because remember, the last time he was there, he was what? Chapter 8, breathing murderous threats. The last time he saw his boys there, they were rooting him on, probably out of the gate. Go get them, Saul! Yay! You know, I don't know know how they do it. But but so now he's going to head back there. And then he's going to head back to the group that he was harassing and persecuting. I'm imagining him thinking, he probably has families, individuals imprinted in his mind that he put in jail. He was there at Stephen Stoning, and it says he was approving it. His eyes were relishing at these things. And I don't know about you, but that would have made it hard for me to want to go into fellowship. Like, imagine if you have... You know, the last time you were here in Nuwana, you have just harassed and wronged many families in our church. Like, you were the neighbor, that, that cantankerous neighbor, that neighbor that was irritated with, with church, and, oh, they're singing again. You go down in, and you start throwing rocks at our windows or whatever, and then can you imagine now wanting to come and join us? Like, we got to realize this is real life. Like, Saul, like, gosh, I, I just think to myself, to make the attempt to join the fellowship, to join who? The disciples, the followers of Christ. That word join is to be one with. This, this required incredible amount of Christian faith. He had to truly understand and believe that regardless of his past failures, regardless of, of his past wrongs, that he is new in Christ, and that's his family. When I show up in Jerusalem, I'm going to look for my brothers and sisters. And I'm just imagining just, oh my gosh, what an amazing work of the Lord to grant him the faith to make the attempt to knock on that door. I mean, the fact that Luke notes that he was attempting, I mean, it, it, it almost gives this impression. Can you imagine? He's like, he grabbed the fire to the Memorial Day picnic, and then he's like, okay, I'm going to do them, bro. I'm going in. And then he shows up at the Memorial Day picnic, and he didn't get the memo that they changed location because they knew that he was coming or something. I don't know. I'm just imagining how him trying to join the disciples. And we'll see soon that it was difficult. But I want us to see that if we have fellowship with Christ, we have fellowship with one another. If we have fellowship with Christ, we have fellowship with one another. For those of you who are leaving the state in the near future, you know, if you are walking with Christ, when you get to whatever city you're going, you're, you're going to want to join fellowship. I asked Dr. Megan if I could talk, to, talk about her for a little bit tonight. But one thing I love, and God has been so good in bringing a lot of encouraging godly um, not military families, but military persons. But one thing I know about Megan, because when she got stationed here, um, when we first met her, she just had such a huge high priority on joining the disciples. I want to join a Christian fellowship. And not just a a church that calls themselves Christian fellowship, but really join a gospel believing preaching church. And she made the attempt. She made the effort. And I just love that she prioritized that. Guys, if we're really in fellowship with Christ, Saul is truly in fellowship with Christ now. He's a new creature. And when he gets to Jerusalem, he knows I need to join the fellowship. Have you attempted to join the fellowship? Are you part of a local church? 1 John chapter 1, it says, verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him, Christ, while walk in darkness, we lie. We don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Later in chapter 4 of that same book, John says, you can't say you love God and you hate the brothers. If you do, you're a liar. He who does not love his brother whom he's seen cannot love God whom he's not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must, must, must also love his brother. Whoever loves God must, must love his brother. If you're loving Christ, you will love the brethren. You will want to join the disciples. You will want to be a part of a church, not because it's just good for your health and you want to be around community, but you're a new creature. You're a Christian. You're born again. This is, this is encouraging. This is edifying. I'm here with my brothers and sisters who also believe in the resurrection, who also believe that you were sinners. I was a sinner under the wrath of God, and yet he provided his son, the perfect sacrifice, the sinless perfection. Remember what was Paul preaching? He's the Christ, the son of the living God, and he did in fact die and raise for our sins. He purchased us with his blood, and so when I show up into a city, I want to join the disciples. The question is, is that, is that, God done a work in you where that's a real thing, you know? For those of us who may not be plugged into a church, you know, like, like, why are you, why are you, what are you, what are you really trying to join? Like, why are you look? are you just church shopping? What what are you looking for? Saul wants to join the disciples, followers of Christ. You know, I've been praying a lot, just thinking of the graduates and some of the families who will be moving around in our church and, um, really praying that whatever city and state we go to, you guys go to, or even for those of us in the near future, if God calls us to another place, that we will know how to join a church, what to look for in a church. Saul gets to Jerusalem. He attempts to join the fellowship. We're going to see that his reputation definitely precedes him, right? (laughs) It's going to be a little bit more challenging than that. Um, Let's read on. They were all... Afraid. <laughs> He's all scared. Here, let me read you the Greek word and you see if you can see if it sounds like something familiar. Phobio. <laughs> they were solophobic. <laughs> Full on. It's like, oh, Saul's in town. Ah, you know, like that's but that's and that's that that's reasonable though, right? I mean, the last recollection you have of him. they were they didn't see what happened on the road. They're just hearing stuff. And then he's in town. I would have been very skeptic myself. But I want us to notice this. They, don't, they weren't just solophobic. They, they did not believe. They, did, they had no faith. They did not think it to be true that he, this vile man, this sinner, who was last breathing down threats on them, they could not believe that he was a disciple. That's a challenge. That would be challenging for us if we're honest, right? But it's going to take faith, not in Saul. Faith in who? Christ. So I think in a lot of his letters, Paul is very clear on this. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, regardless of how messed up the old was. And the new has come. All this is from God. This is in 2 Corinthians 5. All this is from God. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is a struggle. He, a disciple... After what he did to Stephen, he, I, no, after what he did to my uncle, my auntie, my daughter, my niece, you know, like, after what he did to me. I'm sure all of this was going on in their hearts as they were afraid. No one is beyond God's sovereign, saving grace, guys. No one. It takes faith to believe. It took, a, it took the grace of God to give me faith to believe that I could be saved, that I'm chosen, that, that I could be redeemed and reconciled to God. That's a huge obstacle just for me to overcome about myself. And then it's extra tempting to sometimes to see me believe that he could save anyone else. There are people in my life to this very day right now that I'm praying for that honestly, I'm just being very honest with you guys, I struggle to believe that God could save them. I'm like, I know the answer. Of course he can. But then when I'm with them and I'm talking to them and I'm, there's a neighbor I'm, I'm just hanging out with a lot recently and I, I just think to myself, oh, Lord. But I know that I am no better than him. I am just as vile, just as sinful, and it's the same grace that, could, that saved me that can save him. And it takes real faith to believe. You believe in the power of the gospel, do we? Jerusalem Church is struggling right now. That's why I think Paul uses language like this to young Timothy. The trustworthy saying and deserving of full acceptance is 1 Timothy 1.15. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He didn't stop there. Of whom I'm the foremost. I'm the worst. came for the uttermost. It's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's the sick. A broken and contrite heart. God, you will not despise. We have to believe this. They could not believe. That he, they struggled to believe that the foremost of sinners could be a follower of Christ. I think it's rightful for them to examine who's coming into their membership. That would not be right. You know, that would be a little, we don't just welcome anyone through the door who says, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. Okay, shoots, chehu, you know, and, and just whatever, adulterers, murderers, yeah, come on in. There needs to be a real examination. There, there's an evidence of a transformation, and we're going to see in this next verse that happen. But they struggled to believe. Maybe there's a soul tonight struggling to believe that, whether it's for yourself, whether it's for a loved one you're praying for, a family member, a co-worker, a child, a parent. I know there's people in my family that I'm asking God, give me faith to believe. Verse twenty-seven. But Barnabas, oh, I love Barnabas. Barney, brother B. Be. We saw this character already, right? Earlier, uh, I think in Acts chapter. I'm um, getting this wrong. I don't know. Uh, now I have to turn. I don't want to misquote. Um, when did Barnabas come on the scene? Chapter four. They were distributing all the proceeds. I should have wrote this down. Oh yeah, chapter 4. Nope. Yeah. What is that? 426? 36. Yes. Joseph, who is also called by the apostles, is Acts chapter 4, Barnabas. Now look at the name of look at the meaning of his name. Son of encouragement, a Levite, a native in Cyprus. We saw earlier in the book when the church got birth, he was modeling a lot of generosity, right? He sold his possessions and gave to uh, anyone who had need. He laid his stuff at the apostles' feet. This is an amazing man. Luke is a huge fan of Barnabas, and he mentions him at least 23 times in the whole book of Acts. He's a Levite. He's a member of the priestly tribe. He's, ser- he's a servant. He served in the sanctuary. He's a man, according to chapter 11, full of the spirit and faith. Barnabas is bomb. I love Barnabas. He's. I want to be like Barnabas. He is, he's living up to his name. Because look at what's happening right now. He sees in Saul what no one else can see. Nobody else took Saul in. When it says that he took this man in, he, the man who everyone was shunning, everyone was afraid to come around or be near, he went alongside him. He spent the time with him to hear his story, to examine him. He practiced hospitality to this man. And look at what he does. He, bre- he brings him in and then he brings him before the apostles, and I love the word he he declares to them. He took him to the apostles. He took him to the church leaders, and he affirmed him. Barnabas is a powerful encourager. He's not just generous with his money. He's generous with his time. He's willing to spend time with this new believer and walk alongside him. And this is what he proclaims. Look at this. He's seen the Lord. He declares that Saul has seen the Lord. He was a witness of the resurrected Savior. The Lord spoke to him. He affirmed that Saul has heard from the Lord Jesus. And then he also affirms that he had preached boldly the name. Not just preached; he preached it boldly. So he affirms before the apostles that Saul has seen the Lord, heard the Lord, preached the Lord, and with boldness, with confidence, with courage. He's affirming this young believer, you truly did, yes, Saul, have an encounter with the Lord Jesus. Can you imagine when he was declaring this before the apostles and the the community, how that must have encouraged Saul? Can you just imagine that epic moment? Oh, I thank the Lord for the mature men and women in the church who have come alongside me and assured and affirmed me and encouraged me that God did begin a good work and he is using me by his grace for his glory. Oh, we need more Barnabases in the church. Powerful encouragers. Some of these men are in this room right now. And I am like so eternally grateful for men who perhaps saw in me what others could not see. They just saw a young kid who, ah, he's such a headache and knucklehead. And yes, all those things are true. But they saw that Christ had grabbed me. I've seen the Lord, I heard his voice, I heard this message. It's changed me. I'm not the same and Barnabas grabs this man he takes him before the apostles he's legit Saul my brother is legit and you just imagine the gasps in the room i imagine that Saul was Paul was so affected by this that you you see how he does this in his letters to other young believers Look at how he talks to young Timothy, the type of encouragement he gives him in the letters. Let me just give you a few. 1 Timothy 6.11, the way Paul is encouraging powerfully this young believer, the way in which Barnabas encouraged him. He says, but as for you, O man of God, Timothy, you're a man of God. Timothy, you're a man. You're God's man. Pastor Johnny always would say that to me randomly. You're his man. It means a lot. More than he knows. 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, he says, I'm going to remind you, Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. You have a gift, Timothy. Use it. Verse 7, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but power, love, and self-control. He says later in Tim- 2 Timothy 1, 8, Therefore, do not be ashamed, Timothy. No shame. Second Timothy 2:1, he says, You, you, my child, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Second Timothy 4:1 to 2. You, in the presence of God, I charge you, who's to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, you, Timothy, preach the word. Oh, I'm young, I'm this. I'm, no, you. He's called you, He saved you, He chose you, you're gifted. You're his. Now, you, now go, you, preach the word. Be ready in and out of season. 2 Timothy 4, 5, you, do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. You're called. I'm just imagining that Barnabas is saying very familiar things to him as they spent time together. brothers and sisters who've been walking with the Lord for some time, are there any new, new young believers in your midst that need our encouragement? That need someone to walk alongside them, take them by the hand and assure them in the faith, encourage them in the faith? We all need that, don't we? Not just young believers. We all need Encouragement. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, it says, Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more. All the more as you see the day drawing near. I need encouragement. You need encouragement to follow Christ all the more. We're getting closer to the day. The day of days. Whether he comes. Or he calls us home. We're getting closer. And we're all also in this journey. We're going to have times of weariness. I'm sure Saul in Jerusalem, however long he was attempting, may have, may have gotten weary. And then God says, Barnabas, go. Oh, that our church would be filled with encouragers. Think, Pray. You see the people in the church in the gathering is prime opportunity to encourage someone even tonight please be encouraged and please encourage one another not flattery <laughs> barnabas wasn't just wasn't flattering Saul he was encouraging him in the lord often you know, when we're just cruising or in and out of the halls and I'm talking with a member or a brother or sister in Christ and, and they share with me how encouraged and blessed or edified they were by another church, per, church member, I'll often be like, oh, did you tell them? Can, you should tell them. Can, can I tell them? I'm going to tell them. Because it's just so like, that's, you got to encourage each other. If, we're, if we hold back compliments from one another, you know what the enemy will come in and do? He'll sneak in and cause us to compete with each other. Barnabas wasn't like, oh my gosh, look at Saul. Oh, oh, look how fruitful he is. Oh, I heard he had choked disciples in Damascus. Now he's in Jerusalem. Oh, no. Barnabas was like, yes. Saul's a believer? I gotta tell them this. Come here, Saul. Boom. Right before the apostles. He's legit. I, he's really a born He speaks our language. Yeah, yeah. When we were praying last night, he's, yes. I saw him just the other day. He was just pre- ministering to someone. Like, dude, God changed him. We've got to encourage each other. When we see the Lord at work in one another's lives, why not? Why not? Write an email. Send a text. See them face-to-face and just pause them for a moment. Hey, I just want to let you know, brother, sister, mom, dad, uncle, auntie, little one. You know how much encouragement I get from the children? And sometimes I fail to, to, to let them know that. And I don't want to f- miss those opportunities. To come alongside and say, you have convicted me in this way. Let's keep going. Verse 25. So he went in and out. See, so you got to imagine, man, he, he was so stirred by this that after that, after Barnabas shows up and powerfully encourages him, he goes in and out among them in Jerusalem and he preaches boldly in the name of the Lord. Don't underestimate the power of good encouragement guys can you imagine you encourage a young believer and they go home and preach it like it's no one's business you encourage a young couple who's married and struggling in their marriage or whatever and they go home and they powerfully minister to one another in their church don't don't underestimate the power of Christian encouragement because look at what's happening now in the midst of of this mess in Jerusalem, all that heat and hatred that's brewing around him, he preaches Christ, that faithful witness. Just, just see that though about Saul. He's not, he's not preaching seminars on how to be better and um, how to get through the Damascus Road and how to get your eyes back. Or, no, he's he's not even preaching heavy on his his own personal experience of the Lord. He uses his testimony later, but he preaches boldly Christ. He preaches Christ. And he calls people to repentance. We talked about this in our observation time. Now he is disputing with the very group that he was once probably leading. And now they're seeking to kill him. Death threat number two. Part of the journey. And when the brothers learn this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. He's getting a little rhythm, huh? Eh? This Christian minister. Preach, pray, pour, get persecuted, and the Bradas find out and they send you out. Not out of a basket this time, they just got him out of the city. Death threat number two, escape number two, verse 31 to close. And so the church, through all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, hold. this is big. Megan was pointing out, Luke's zooming the lens out. The church, who's the church? The called out ones, the ecclesia, the ones who are called out of darkness and into light. The born again believers, not just people that go to a building and call it a church. These are Christians Regenerate believers, all in Judea and Galilee and Samaria, all through the land, everywhere, had peace. Ho, peace. Now, in the midst of such persecution and such plots, In political turmoil? In corrupt government? Peace? That's powerful. The church had peace in the midst of the persecution and the pain. How about us this evening? You have peace? Peace like a river? Where did this peace come from? You have peace. They had peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's Romans 5. The great peace that all of us long for and every soul desperately needs tonight is peace with God. And when you have peace with God, you have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and it guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus so, come what may, whether you get death threats out of Damascus and you're let out of a window in a basket and you show up in Jerusalem and more of that comes your way, and as the church is continuing to go and the gospel's going in the midst of this world, this fallen world with pain, we have peace. Do you know that peace this evening? It's amazing who we are in Christ. Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have been made justified, just as if we've never sinned, just as if we've always obeyed. We have made, been made righteous with God, not by works. Paul gets this. The church is getting this. It's not by works and anything that we've done. It's by faith. And now, and now, and now we have peace with God who ought to destroy us for our rebellion, whose wrath we deserve for the wages of sin is death. But we have peace with God by faith in Christ. That is the peace that the churches are having throughout the land. That's the peace that we want to have in this place. That's the peace I wonder if you have. I was just hanging out with a family member of mine recently this week and just... Wanting peace, wanting peace, trying so hard to find the peace. Going to church, reading the Bible, doing everything you can to find peace. And just, to, you have peace with God by faith through Christ. You have to understand what you're having peace from. This is amazing. Peace, true peace is found in the person of Christ. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me, not merely go to church. Come to me. And when you come to me, you want to go to church. You want to join the disciples. But come to me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your soul. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 29. Oh, God, give us that peace. if your heart's not at rest this evening, if you don't have that peace, repent from your sins, trust in Christ, and acknowledge who he is and what he's done. Believe on him. And have peace with God through him. They're having peace. They're being built up, strengthened, more able. They're getting grounded, established. amidst all this persecution. Christ is building his church they're walking in fear in reverence and in the comfort of the holy spirit i like that and that gives me a clue in that like they weren't just experiencing external peace maybe they had a window of, of peace and i'm sure maybe that's what luke was alluding to as well but i i do believe it's not just external peace that they had like a little season of peace but it's this inward peace that was happening as well they're being comforted by the holy spirit you only give comfort when things are hard so i'm assuming that things were still hard and the church had peace and then it says it multiplied guys this is true church growth right here true church growth is gospel growth that's what's happening we're just blowing up in mega churches here and there and there and just just no it was all motivated and it's all a work of God and his gospel, his grace, transforming vile sinners like a soul. And it's spreading throughout the land. Oh, how encouraging it is when I visit or I, I, I go to different areas of the island. I like to go to different cities. Our island is real small, but get cities, you know. <laughs> And when you go around, and then I'm so, I'm so encouraged when I bump into other brothers and sisters who I've never met, and they're totally into this gospel. Just today, I was at a coffee shop reading, and then there was these two pastors behind me. I, th- I think they were pastors because I was a little eavesdropping small cry. Okay. I, just, I, I saw them talking, and they were saying church stuff, and I was like, sounds like a pastor. I think that's a pastor. And then they started praying, and while I'm studying, I'm just so like, yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> kailua's got christians you know when i'm in mililani i go to alden's graduation and i just hear you know the the pastor who preached at his um graduation ceremony and he just unashamedly preaches the gospel i'm like oh i go up after the ceremony stuff and i'm like come here yes thank you what's your name broad yes or he's asking who, who are you i was like it doesn't matter i'm, I'm from town but i'm just encouraged by you man i just so encouraged. Where, where's your church? Because if anyone stays in this area, I'm going to tell them, go to your church, bro. Like, just, it's so encouraging to see that what we are a part of. Guys, this Great Commission is great. It's happening all across the globe. God is building his church, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all over the place. And one of the amazing gifts that we have as children of God is really, wherever he scatters us in the globe, there's, 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 there's fellowship there. There's, there's believers. And then if not, that's Frontier Missions. But God is faithful, he is building his church, and in his church there's faithful witnesses, there's powerful encouragers, and amidst the persecution, they're pressing on, and we too, I pray, at this particular place in our little the kind here in the Uanu, let's keep on and be encouraged. It's it's good sometimes to zoom out, get a bird's eye view and realize, oh, what we're a part of is big. It's cosmic. It's powerful. So not just Jerusalem now teeming with believers. Judea, Galilee, Samaria, ends of the earth. May the church multiply for his glory. A couple application questions and then we'll close. Are you being a faithful witness wherever he's called you? Think, pray, pray, Are you encouraging others in their faith? Are you being encouraged? Saul wasn't like, Barnabas, I don't need you, but I got this. No. He needed the encouragement. Are there any brothers and sisters around you in your vicinity right now who have gifts or are God's using them that maybe you can, you should affirm them? You should encourage. You should really take some time to let them know. And lastly, and probably most importantly, is do you have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. We'll bring this section to a close. Let these things muse in our hearts. Meditate now as we pray. As I say amen, don't let prayer stop. Keep, keep praying. So Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the comfort that comes with the Holy Spirit. And if there is a soul this evening that does need that comfort, if there are souls this evening that lack peace with God through Christ, please encourage them this evening, not merely by preaching, teaching of the Bible, but even by fellowship right now. Pray that you'd stir it up and well it up in our hearts this evening to get outside of ourselves and really make the effort attempt to join the disciples and give good effort to encourage one another, stir one another up, for we all need it. We all need you. God, grant us peace peace with you through your son, Jesus. Forgive us for our sins and the ways in which we failed you. We pray that we would proclaim this gospel boldly and confidently because it really does have nothing to do with us. It's all about you. This is all from God. So stir it up now, Lord. Multiply the church here in Utuanu and around the globe for your glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's children said, amen. Love you guys.